word of the Lord, to edify somebody, praise the Lord, to encourage each other, amen, to keep on keeping on. And uh, I'm rejoicing in the God of my salvation today. I give honor, of course, who made all this possible. It be possible without him. I thank him for it today. I give honor to, of course, Pastor Bullock, who is uh, leading this assembly, amen, to the glory world, and also to Elder McDaniel, man, Pastor Emeritus, who has passed the baton of leadership recently to this good pastor that's here now. And uh, transitions uh, have to happen if God tarries. And I thank God for men that can make transitions in leadership that provide continuity, amen, to the work of the Lord. Let the devil have no advantage in the process. But their hands still stay together. Praise the Lord. Saints understand it's not a, uh, as much a changing of the guard. It's just we're going to keep on believing and preaching and, and, and energizing ourselves. As Brother Amen preached to us last night, Brother uh, Bill White, uh, somehow not, not going back but going forward and keeping our shoulder to the wheel. We thank God for that. And uh, I appreciate the message that's been said last night that uh, Brother White preached to me. Amen. There's been many times in all of our lives we've been tempted to back off. Amen. Do a little less and justify every reason why we could or should. But thank God for a preacher. Thank God for a church. We come and get stirred up to renew our dedication, our commitment all over again. And uh, I pray that God will help us this afternoon. And uh, I want the Lord's anointing to rest on me. Uh, I can't do it without that. Nothing more valuable right now than the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And not only me only, but all of us that are here today. I wouldn't care if the Lord would just send a mighty cloud burst of His presence. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost sweep across this place in such a way that we can't help but respond to it. From where I stand all the way to the back door. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. I wonder if we couldn't just one more time in our seats sitting ask God to come through here right now. Heavenly Father, come through here right now. Let your presence, O oh God, be evident. Anoint this service. Anoint the remainder of it. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. We need you, Lord. Somebody needs you. God, I need you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord bless you. I, uh, again, thank Brother Bullock for the invitation to come. And I want to do my best to be a blessing to this camp meeting. Amen. And whatever the Lord has in mind, I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Remember the verbal being saying that years ago at a camp meeting in Tennessee? He said, Brother Mead, he said, What I fear so much is that we're not being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost enough. And I want the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us. I want to be sensitive to that. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible today, I'm going to the book of Acts, chapter 24. Amen. And then uh, picking up a scripture reference out of the epistle, Paul in First Timothy chapter 1. And I pray that you will, amen, preach with me today. Amen. Lend me your ear, your spirit, and let's uh, see what the Lord has for us today. Acts chapter number 24. Amen. And about verse number 
14, Paul is defending himself, amen, before the governor, Felix, because he made some folks mad. <laughs> and uh, they got upset, and uh, he happened to cross a man uh, swords with the high priest and the elders, and consequently it brought him in defense before the governor. And so in defense, he makes this statement in verse 14 before him. He said, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow. Put it right back on them. Amen. That there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And herein, <laughs> herein do I exercise myself. What are you exercising yourself in, Paul? He said, to have always, everybody say always, always. a conscience void of offense. Man, that's going to take some exercise. To have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. If one's not a problem, the other could be. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And you'll have to spend some time exercising yourself. Have a conscience clear of offense in both of those areas. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writes in this chapter and uh, verse number 5, he said, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. And everybody said, praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to us for a little while this afternoon on the conscience struggle. The constant struggle, praise the Lord, that we have to deal with when it comes to our conscience. There is never a day that passes that you don't struggle with your conscience. This is not something you can do and wash your hands and say it's all settled. But every day you wake up, there's a conscience struggle that goes on. I'm not, I am not uh, frustrated because of that. Because the alternative is much worse than the present struggle with my conscience. I'm glad that there is a consciousness, amen, in my life that permits me to exercise myself in this struggle of consciousness. Praise the Lord. Every saint of God that lives a day of life has to get involved in a conscience struggle. Paul said, I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense. Praise the Lord toward God and toward men. 
And the struggle is that we have to deal with a conscience that is so influenced by outside forces that it mandates that we keep ourselves watching and praying every day. It's not something we can just do at camp meeting time and not something we can just do on a Sunday night. But it's every day you live, you're going to have to exercise yourself in the activity of keeping your conscience in good shape. That we might present a good conscience void of offense. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't always accomplished that. I have had my struggle, amen, with men a whole lot more. And there has been a moment or two that I had a struggle even in serving the Lord. If you never have, then you're one level above me where I haven't been yet. But in this life, we have struggles, and some of us more than others, but I thank God that there is a place I can come to that will help me overcome the influences that would put a fence in my conscience and allow me to present to the high God of heaven a praise today that is void, amen, of offense, void of bitterness, void of hatred, void of malice, void of contention, void of frustration toward God and toward men. Lord, the answer is nothing more, nothing less than for me being renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost and renewed in my mind. And somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. There is a struggle in our conscience for self-praise and worth. Every one of us have to deal with it because we're in this world and we're not glorified yet. We have to deal with real-life situations. And then we have our adversary, the devil, that constantly approaches our consciousness. And tries to influence us in areas that would cause us to have offense, not only toward men, but toward God. But I never want to be pushed into that arena where I lift my hand towards Almighty God and tell Him that I'm offended at deity and offended at heaven and offended at God Himself. But I'm a product of His mercy and His grace. And if it had not been for God, where would I be today? I've got to praise Him and love Him and magnify Him. And thank Him. And as the good brother said here earlier already this afternoon, I need to rejoice. If that don't work the first time again, I need to rejoice and rejoice and rejoice evermore, the Bible says. Praise the Lord. So my conscience is in a struggle and your conscience is in a struggle to do what you know you ought to do. Praise the Lord. And so we have this situation where Paul says, as for me and my defense, After the way they call heresy, I'm always exercising myself to have, to have always a conscience void, without, with zero offense toward God and toward men. And that doesn't come natural. You can't buy it at Walmart. (laughs) It has to be, you've got to exercise yourself. And exercise is not a pleasant word to most of us. Because exercise involves effort and sacrifice and commitment, diligence. Praise the Lord, everybody. But if you understand the necessity of having a good conscience, then it's not a matter of somebody telling you you got to do it. It's that I have to get up and start exercising myself 
in whatever I need to maintain a conscience that's good and void of offense toward God and man. I'm in the struggle to keep a good conscience. Praise the Lord. You're not going to just have one because you just want one. You'll struggle. You will exercise yourself. Even today, even though it's midday, many of you and us today have already been involved in the struggle with our conscience and many things that happen to us. We have to overcome outside influences that would try to take us into a position that we would be offended at God or man. There's people today walking the streets that are backslid. Some are reprobates who lost the struggle with their conscience telling you this is not something you can lightly esteem you have to somehow understand that without a good conscience void of offense then you are vulnerable to being a reprobate or a castaway or a has-been praise the Lord and I can't afford to ever be in that predicament therefore I was glad when they said unto me let's go <laughs> what for? Don't say what for. It's another day, ain't it? Let's get to church. We've got to struggle. We've got to exercise ourselves to keep a good conscience before God Almighty and before men. Praise the Lord, everybody. There's a struggle to have a clear and a, con uh, a clear conscience regarding those things which are evil. Amen. We're in the world. We're not of the world. But the struggle's there. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. I want to have a good conscience. Amen. And so we have to deal with this on a daily basis, praise the Lord, on a daily situation. It's not something that you can opt to do. It's mandatory. If you're going to live for God successfully, if you're going to hear the trumpet sound at the rapture time, you're going to have to exercise yourself in the conscience struggle. So Paul, of all people that you would think wouldn't have a problem, he says, I want you to know that I... Herein do I exercise myself to always have. Amen. And Paul had to exercise himself always to have one. I don't think any of us are qualified to exempt ourselves. Amen. I want you to know today that church for me is a place to come and put forth some exercise <laughs> to keep a good conscience. I come sometimes with feelings and you do too. We don't always walk in here feeling like we've hung our, our coattail on the moon. We don't feel like shouting and running the aisles when we walk in. But oh, after a little while, if somebody will pray a while and somebody will sing a song and somebody will clap their hands and somebody will rejoice, somebody testify, somebody glorify the Lord. Get a preacher up here on morning of the Holy Ghost and preach the Word of God. After a while, I find myself bringing myself back. How, what was bothering me when I walked in? Uh, the Holy Ghost takes it away from me. What was my problem uh, 30 minutes ago? The Holy Ghost walked in uh, and carried it off my shoulder. What was my struggle an hour ago because I came to the house of God? It's gone. And I feel, I feel, I feel like traveling on. Let's praise Him right now. Woo, hallelujah. That's why we got to have Holy Ghost. And anointing from the prayer room to the altar service to overcome the offenses that we bring to the house of the Lord. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. So I say, God, don't ever let me 
Don't ever let me be removed from the available help that I have to exercise my conscience. Hallelujah. I tell folks, when you get upset at somebody, don't stay out of church. You get to church. When your day ain't going right, that's not a time to call the pastor and say, I don't think I want to come. That's a time to get to the house of the Lord. But, but, but I hurt. That's the time to exercise. They say, exercise ain't doing you no good. You start feeling the pain of it. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. If you're not hurting, you're not exercising. Well, sometimes in life it's that way. Serving God uh, has that activity whereby we praise Him not because uh, it feels good sometimes. We praise Him because if we don't do it, uh, we end up in a worse place than before. I can't afford to go very long and not have my conscience cleared I've got to exercise myself. The sensitivity we have to the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is so necessary. I've been preaching to our altar, I mean to our platform people, quite a bit lately. I said, look, this, this platform activity is not just extracurricular. It's not entertainment. I don't care if you're, if you're a musician, if you're a song leader, if you're a special singer, uh, whatever your capacity is in this platform area, it's not a stage. We're not putting on a play. <laughs> We're put, this is real people out here, and this is a real church, and this is a, whew, hallelujah, this is a real God. We're, this is a real world we're in. This is a life or death struggle. This is heaven or hell issue. People come here with all kind of thoughts and mindsets and offenses and, and, and loaded down with problems and frustrations. Uh, it could have happened on the job. It could have happened in their home. It could have been a financial situation. It could be a physical situation. Some kind of an ailment uh, or disease or, or pain. And oh, you don't they walk into the house of God. We have to somehow get the platform people to understand. Uh, we're not here to entertain all of that. Uh, we're here to get them to exercise themselves. Uh, it's some kind of activity that will cause them to leave here void of offense toward God and man walk in <laughs> walk in sometimes the song said I came to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right but something something hallelujah something got a hold of me <laughs> I'm glad when I came to church I didn't come to be pampered I didn't come to be soothed but I come to be helped somebody sang to me somebody testified Praise the Lord, everybody. I think it's all of our responsibility to see that we have an environment of exercise to getting people's consciences cleared and in better shape walking out of here than when they walked in. The devil walks into this exercise room with us so many times. Hallelujah. He says, hey, you're too tired to raise your hands. And as Brother White said, let somebody else do it. And you know, you, 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 you've spent your days and you've spent your moments and you, you sang and worked uh, last week. Let somebody else do it. But oh, you don't understand. Every day I live. I've got to overcome this struggle. i got to come. You understand? I've got to get help. I've got to get a good... So I have to exercise myself, whether I feel like it or whether I don't. I don't come to church just when I feel like it. I come to church because without church, my conscience gets messed up. My mind gets loaded down. I need the Holy Ghost to work on me all over and all over and all over again. Praise the Lord. They say that the word conscience, of course, in definition form, comes to in two parts. The, the part of it that's con, meaning with and together. And science, of course, meaning to know. 
In other words, it's a knowing together with oneself. The Greek word, of course, I'm not a Greek scholar by any means, but just in a reference point today, they have a meaning of that word which says the soul as distinguishing between what is morally good and bad. Prompting to do the former and shunning the latter. Commending the one and condemning the other. Praise the Lord. The word conscience is not used in the Old Testament. But it is affirmed in the Old Testament. It doesn't mean there wasn't any there. It just wasn't used in our English form in the Old Testament. But you'll go along in the Old Testament. You remember the, the, the statement in Genesis where the Bible says, And Adam and Eve hid themselves. Why are you hiding yourself? Because their conscience was bothering them. You know, I worry about folks when their conscience has never bothered them. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it, 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 if, if, if you're doing wrong, your conscience ought to bother you. I mean, I can bother you, and I'll do my best to bother you. That's part of my disposition. But, oh, if you let your conscience work, it can bother you long before the preacher gets there. The Lord was going to come down walking in the cool of the day to fellowship with Adam and Eve, but before he ever got there, their conscience got to bother them. So let's go hide ourselves. Let's find a place to hide. What's wrong? Well, you know, whew, my, something about my conscience is, this isn't right. So that's, that's a conscience effort. That's a conscious struggle that went on there. And then you have another place over in Second Samuel where David happened to get involved in an activity he should have never got involved in when it came to a place where it looked like he was prospering and Israel was prospering. He said, you know what? I'd like to know how many folks we got in church. I'd like somebody to go out here and get a number of all the people. I'd like to put it on the board, put it in the next publication, praise the Lord, or something. Just like to know, hey man, maybe we could win some kind of an award or maybe somebody will give a special recognition or I could have, you know, whatever. I'm in the banner. <laughs> Thank you. But... Uh, Joab said, well, you know, he said, Joab, get out there and number all them. I want to have a, you add them up. I want to know, man, this looks good out there. I'd like to have, you know, if you're going to say 100,000 came in this last revival, let's get somebody number them thumbs out there, praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, let's get this all put together, praise the Lord. And so, <laughs> and so anyhow, Joab heard the commandment from David. He knew David was king and that was a commandment. But he, he took a little risk and he said, now, David... He said, I, I, I'd like to just suggest we don't do this. Very, very, very discreetly, I mean, very, very cautiously, he mentioned to David, said, you know, maybe we could, uh, you know, God, God's just been good to us, and God adds, and God does. Let's just leave. His I said, get out. Okay, I hear you. I'm going. And he went on out there and numbered Israel, and he come back, the Bible said, with the sum of the number. Amen. And David looked at it and said, my. Didn't know it was quite that good. By the time he observed the number, the Bible said that David's heart smote him. Now all of a sudden it don't look near as exciting as it did a while ago. You know why? God hadn't said nothing yet. The preacher ain't even been by yet. You hear what I'm saying? What smote his heart? His conscience! 
He realized when he read the number. Oh, no, I shouldn't have done this. I, 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 this is a violation of a commandment of God to Israel and the leadership. I'm, I'm in trouble. And the Bible said David's heart smote him. I'm glad there's been times in my life when I found myself in awkward predicaments that my heart could still smite me. That my heart could still be affected and my mind could be touched and sensitive to the fact that I should not be doing this. Somebody say praise the Lord. His heart condemned him. Thank God that I still have a conscience that struggles, but I got one. Hallelujah. I'm struggling just like you are. I'm exercising. That's why I'm here today. I'm in an exercise program. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. I've been doing that physically for the last couple of years, and I'm telling you, I just seem like that uh, I don't enjoy it near as much. Brother Melvin Daniels, I used to. I, first, you know, they say that the, 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 the greatest hope of a person going on a diet is the first four hours of their diet, you know. Boy, that don't last very long. Praise the Lord. Amen. First four hours, I'm going to lose all this weight, and I'm going to have this kind of a physique, and I'm going to wear this size clothes, and I'm going to be... You know, that's just four, but talk to me after four hours. And you're craving everything on the supermarket shelf, and you can't pass a fast food sign without... My, you understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Help me, Lord. I was doing good just last week. Somebody brought two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts in. I said, now, what, what, why would anybody do that to me? I was doing good. I woke up and had that 150-calorie high-fiber breakfast <laughs> that you'd probably just throw out to the dog or cat, but I took it and enjoyed it. But they brought them two dozen Krispy Kremes hot off the conveyor from downtown Akron, brother. I mean, the, the glaze was still dripping off the donut. And it, I said, oh, man, it was still warm and hot. And, and I said, oh, I, I, I'm going to walk by. I don't, have, I don't have to take that. And I just walked on by. <laughs> but I had to go back by again. And I had to go back by. But the third trip, folks, I, I, the, the, the spirit was willing, but the flesh got weak. You hear what I'm saying? And then I succumbed. <laughs> and so nobody was looking. I looked around. And I said, well, it's all busy. So I slipped in there and got me one, brother. It didn't take about two or three bites. That was gone. You hear me? I said, wow. I said, well, the devil said, not really. I said, you're going to eat one, you might as well. Praise the Lord. And two was so good. I said, well, you've done gone this far. If you're going to go ahead and do it, slip ahead. And before you know it, I had three or four. And, I, I said, and then finally, about the fourth one, I went and I stopped. I said, my heart smoked. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. I said, oh, my God. The four and a half mile walk I'd done that morning up and down the trails of Goodyear Metropolitan Park. The sweating I'd done and counting off them steps and that mileage I'd done that morning. I said, I blew it all in five minutes and four Krispy Kreme donuts, my God. I said, my Lord, all the effort I went through. And now, now I've done it. Now I can't. I said, oh, my God. I said, who brought these cursed things in here? Where's the man that done this? I want you to see the first thing I want to do is blame somebody. Just happened to be my brother-in-law. He weighs about 325 pounds. Looks like a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. I said, they said, I said, who brought these in here? I said, your brother-in-law, Bill. I said, Bill, I appreciate you doing that. But I said, my God, did you have to set them down right near where I was? Oh, he said, help yourself, Elder. I said, I done did. Too late. And I wasted all that effort. That morning, getting up every morning, I try to get up about 6.30 and go out there at the trail. Of course, Brother Rainey's out there with me because he needs to walk too. And now I got Boo out there. He's walking, whether he needs it or not. Praise the Lord. 
We're out there running that track and running the trails. I said, man, this is good for us. Amen. <laughs> but, oh, God, when I would do good. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. So now, my heart smote me. I said, now you know what I got? I got, I got, I got, to, I got, to, I got to do it. I got to start off. I don't quit. Because if I quit, <laughs> no, no, I, I can't go that route. I, I just got to say, Lord, forgive me. And everybody, and, and, and forgive me. I, I went right back out the next morning. I said, I need to do about five miles a day. Maybe five and a half. Kick it up. A kick it. Oh, brother, it got to hurting after a while. We have a hill out there for the rainy nicknamed an Agony Hill. <laughs> We walk that second lap, brother. We go down the hill in the first lap, the next lap, but we walk up that hill. He says, let's, let's hit Agony Hill. I said, well, because of my conscience failure yesterday, I'm going to have to walk Agony Hill an extra time today. <laughs> and it got to hurting, the burning in my knees and my calves. I said, that's all right. Suffer! <laughs> Leave them Krispy Kreme donuts alone next time. But so happy! What applies sometimes to the natural is so applicable to our spirit. The devil does his best when we would do good and we exercise ourselves. We have people that come to church on Sunday night and get a blessing and overcome. They speak in tongues and they, they reach a plateau and they feel like traveling on. And before Bible study midweek, they've already fell down and messed up and their conscience is bothered. Their heart smites them. That don't mean they stay home. That don't mean they backslide. That don't mean they quit church. Get on back to the house of God. Pick it up a notch. Play a little harder. Worship harder. Get victory. Exercise yourself. Somebody say praise the Lord. You know, ever since the year 1811, somebody back in that era had defrauded the United States government of some money they owed Uncle Sam. And so they anonymously sent five dollars. Now in 1811 that's probably a pretty good piece of change. I imagine by my little inflationary calculator. They sent five dollars anonymously into Washington DC because it was bothering their conscience. So our great uncle decided that was very no noble and they had the U.S. Treasury set up a conscience fund. That's still there. For some of you that might want to be here tomorrow morning. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a preempt tomorrow morning. <laughs> Amen. A conscience fund. And since that first $5, amen, gift, payment, almost three and a half million dollars has been sent to the conscience fund. I wish I could have been in between them and the conscience fund somewhere. Been a mediator or something, you know. <laughs> but three and a half million dollars. You say, you know, we're not the only ones. That have to, everybody that lives has to struggle with conscience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. And so, that's, that's evidence by itself. Amen. That there are people that don't even know the truth that have to struggle sometimes with conscience. God gave every man a conscience. What we do in the struggle is up to us. But I want mine to be exercised properly so that I have a good conscience. 
before God and before men. And somebody say, praise the Lord. Now we have heard, and you may have heard in times past, folks give advice along this line. Just let your conscience be your guide. Amen. As long as you follow your conscience, you're safe. I've heard them say, as long as you're sincere, then you're all right. That is false doctrine. Absolutely false doctrine. Your conscience, your conscience is active. Amen. But the fact that one's conscience is sincere does not necessarily make him right. There's a lot of folks sincere, but they're not right. And they feel in sincerity and sometimes good conscience that they're doing all right, but the problem is not it's not properly allocated. Let me, let me give you this here. In Acts chapter 17, if you'll turn there with me. Acts 17. I believe it's in verse 16. There's a reference by the Word of God here that might give us some help on this situation. The Bible said the same, talking about some people who were following Paul in his preaching, said the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Amen. The Bible said in the verse before that, that this was a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She did that under a guise of good or sincere consciousness. But Paul, being filled with the Holy Ghost, perceived that it was misapplied. Her consciousness was misdirected. And consequently, it was not, was not right. Did not make them right. Amen. The Orthodox Jew himself today, in some kind of sincerity, will deny that Jesus was God. Believing in one God, but in sincerity will declare to you that Jesus was not the Messiah. I don't care how sincere he is, how much he knows the Torah, and how much he practices Moses' law, it does not make him right. Somebody say, praise the Lord. We've got a world full of people out there that are sincerely doing what they're doing, but they're not properly allocating their activity, and it's not right. Amen. Here's why. Our consciences tell us what is right or wrong, in relation to our standard. That's it. Your conscience only tells you what is right or wrong in relation to your standard. That's why the good old book is right. Hallelujah to the Lamb. When you can't understand what's, what keeps us walking the way we do is the standard we have. I have a standard for my conscience. And so I bring myself into an arena, into an atmosphere where somebody picks up the standard when my conscience ain't right and puts the standard out there and says, Now, let your conscience tell you based on this standard. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. You've got to have a proper standard. The Word of God becomes the standard whereby our consciences are exercised uh, to be void of offense uh, and to be good and pure and clear in the sight of God. And somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've had folks do things what they, what they thought was good conscience. 
I got a letter one day from a man. He says, Dear Brother Meat, I'm writing this letter to tell you that I have just come out of a season of prayer and fasting. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. We encourage folks to pray and fast. And after praying and fasting, the Holy Ghost seems to be directing me to take me and my family and go to another church. For we feel like we can increase our abilities and have a better environment to use our talents. And we feel like after our consecrated efforts that this is the will of God for us. We appreciate the time we sit under you. We appreciate your efforts and your love. And we pray God blesses you and the saints. Somebody says, he's an idiot. Well, that could be debate. I guess that could be said too. But the thing was, he felt like he was sincerely doing what he thought with nothing what happened to him. It wasn't that he was right. He changed his standard. He just changed his standard. His conscience seemed to say, go ahead and do it. But the reason was, his conscience wasn't his standard. He changed it. It used to be apostolic temple. It used to be a man of God called Brother Don Mead. It used to be the Word of God we preached. But somewhere, something changed his standard. So it soothed his conscience. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you can do things wrong in what you think is a good conscience. But the problem is you've changed your standard. I get weary with people that always come up with this idea. And I know, in all due respect, whenever time you hear somebody saying all due respect, they're getting ready to hit you a low blow. In all due respect. Oh, Lord, I hear that. Now what they're getting ready to do. Put up your guard. In all due respect, here's how I feel about it. I know what you say, and I know what you preach, and I know what this church stands for, but in all due respect, Brother McDaniel, Brother Bullock, in all due respect, I, I feel, we feel, we have come to a conclusion. What do you mean? What's happened is you've changed your standard, and your conscience has just jumped from one standard to another standard. I can't afford to let my conscience be my guide. It can only follow the standard that I put in its place. That's why I was glad when somebody said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go to church. Let's go to a prayer meeting. Let's get involved with the white said last night. More in the work of God than we ever had before. I've got to keep my conscience actively involved. I've got to keep it connected to the right standard. Everybody said amen. So people that do things based on what they call good conscience are only doing it because they have changed their standard. I believe you can be sincerely wrong. I believe that with all my heart. Anybody can be honestly mistaken. But when you are confronted with the truth, then you either cease to be mistaken or you cease to be honest. One or the other. Praise the Lord, somebody. You can be sincerely wrong, but once you're faced with the truth, that's what apostolic church is so good for. We get out in a world that constantly feeds us all kind of junk. We get all kind of interferences. But when I come to the house of God, uh, somebody preaches truth to me. Somebody testifies truth. Uh, somebody how to praise truth. Uh, and truth gets the fact to me. And then I can somehow get my conscience in line and clear. Void of offense toward God and man. Praise the Lord. Some folks say, don't, no, don't, 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 don't tell me the truth. Some folks don't want to hear the truth. 
because they don't want that choice to have to be made. Either God, because they can say, well, you know, I, I'm just, if I don't know, then I'm, I feel like I'm right. And I'm sincere. But if you tell me the truth, then I either cease to be honest or I cease to be mistaken. God, I've got to hear the truth because I've got to be honest. And I, come on, lift your hands and ask God to help us to hear the truth, to love the truth, to buy the truth, to sell it, not for conscience' sake. Would you do that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So it's not enough, therefore, just to be sincere with a good conscience. You've got to have the right standard. Conscience don't like some of the standards we have to, amen, expose it to. Praise the Lord. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll develop a little theology of our own. Brother Bullock could say, you know, I want all you men to have a certain kind of haircut. If you're not careful, the time you get back to church, you'll say, you know what, I, I think there's a little, I think there's a little, I could expand on that a little bit. Or, you know, uh, we talk about no splits in the skirts. And say, so, you know, I don't, but what if I had one just about, you know, an inch, an inch and a half? You know, what, what's wrong with that? See, we're arguing with the standard. We're fussing with the standard. Leave the standard alone. The man of God, God called and sent to preach and teach the truth. Let the truth be the standard for our conscience. Oh, I've had them trying to walk in and feel justified. Slip in, you know, come down the back side, you know, slip in the door and come down on that side so I can't see them. And they get in there and they won't get out in the aisle because they come out with a little split, you know, skirt. Amen. For some reason, Brother Rainey or my dad may just get up that night and just take that for a subject. Praise the Lord. Oh, he's picking on me. No, not picking on me. That was the standard for you ever decide to walk in with that split in the skirt to start with. You understand? We ain't changing the standard. You're changing it. God's always had a standard for His church and it's not changeable. It's forever settled in heaven. It's holiness. It's holiness. It was holiness in the Garden of Eden. It'll be holiness at the end time. Holiness or hell has been our message for all time. Separation from the world. Clean living. Modesty. Doing right. Living right. Talking right. Acting right. Being obedient to a man of God. Subject to a pastor. Submitting ourselves to them that have the rule over us. In good conscience. Exercising ourselves. Somebody say praise the Lord. That's why our preliminaries, our platform activity. I tell you, look, we're not up here to entertain. I told you that a while ago. I said, we're in here to exercise ourselves. To present an environment and a standard. Hallelujah. Our worship is not something we have to manufacture. We're not trying to get a beat and a rhythm just so we can do the hucklebuck and feel like we got some activity. But we're trying to bring in an anointed presence of God in this place uh, to touch the conscience uh, of men and women, boys and girls. Uh, that they leave this place and I am clear. I am free. I have a good conscience, void of offense. I ain't got nothing against God. I ain't got nothing against my pastor. I ain't got nothing against the saints. And folks, you know, as soon as the, as soon as the, the amen said they had to run out of church and not shake nobody's hand, they got a conscience problem. You got a good conscience, you can shake your brother's hand. Tell him, praise the Lord. I, I love you. I appreciate you. Love you and I appreciate you. 
But if I got to look at you and duck my head and run, there's a conscience problem somewhere. <laughs> oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. The Bible says, This is how all men will know you are my disciples, that you have loved one for another. And the Bible says, He that hateth his brother is a murderer. I don't care how you want to define it, how you want to uh, debate it, the Bible's still right. It is the standard whereby we preach. We live! In Him we live, we move, we have our being, and all things are done and honored by Him. We don't have to question God. We don't have to debate with Him. Just say, Lord, not my will. Thine be done. Give me a conscience, God, that's sensitive. Let my standard be right. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thought about what Brother White preached last night. Had a man come to me a few years ago and said, You know, I, I, I just want to quit playing music. Well, I don't mind somebody wanting to change or take a little break, you know. I, I'm not like Brother White. I said, well, you know, he said, I'm doing this other stuff, kind of about the same kind of scenario. But what bothered me was, is I don't think that was the reason he was wanting to quit. He wasn't just saying that I, I like to let somebody else try, because if I want somebody else to try, I'd have done set him down and had somebody else up there. When I want to rotate somebody, I just rotate them. I don't have to ask them if they feel like they want to do it. If they want I say, hey, you sit down and you go up. Praise the Lord. That's the way it works in apostolic church. We don't have nobody that has any special favors, politics. We just, uh, whatever the man of God feels, we just follow the man of God. Isn't that right, folks? Isn't that right, folks? That keeps our conscience right. Praise the Lord. So I said, no, something's wrong. And so finally, it bothered me. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So finally it came out. Well, I'll tell you what, Brother Mead. I, I, I didn't want to have to tell you. But your spirit was telling me. Your conscience was bothering you. Finally, because I'm going to find him when he got through telling me, he said, you know what you need, sir? All you need is to get the Holy Ghost and everything will be all right. The Holy Ghost will fix this whole thing for you. We don't need to have another counseling session. I don't need to ask. But when you nail down, somebody say, praise the Lord. See, that was the problem with the Old Testament law. If you look at Hebrews with me real quick, chapter number 9. The Bible says in the ninth verse of the ninth chapter of Hebrews, which was a figure for the time when present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Had all that going on out there, but it could not make a man perfect according to his conscience. A man could give sacrifices, go through all the rituals, and still feel bad when he got done. Praise the Lord, everybody. All I like about apostolic church is, I ain't coming here in ten minutes. I'm ready. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Just a little touch of His hand makes everything all right. Anointing sweep through. The rain of heaven falls down. The language go up. The glory comes down. The anointing comes in. The truth gets preached. It doesn't take long. I can leave here feeling better than when I came. Praise the Lord, everybody. Look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Conscience tells us what we ought to do right. But it does not tell us what right is. How do I know what's right? Somebody's got to preach to you. <laughs> Preacher! Preached to me. I didn't know how to live for God till I came to a place where God sent a man by. Who a preacher came by. Hallelujah. And preached to me. I was lost. 
on my way to hell. But God sent a one God preacher by and preached the truth to me and preached me out of the miry clay and preached me into an altar. And oh, I thank God for the day that a one God preacher came by and preached to me. Got a good man in my church, been there for years, and that senior saint, Brother Ryden, our senior, and he uh, testifies how that when he went to Rex Humbard's crusade back in the late 50s, when Rex Humbard had his tent up there and he was doing all them big crusades and healing campaigns, and he was in that tent and he went up there one night, he felt convicted and he starts, I gotta go to the altar. He went up there and a man walked down and says, what, what do you need? So he says, I need to be saved. He said, well, he said, say this prayer. For the ride, I said, I said that prayer. He said, now, how do you feel? He says, I don't know. He said, well, you're saved. You ought to feel better. He said, well, I don't feel nothing. He said, well, don't worry about that. Just, you're saved. Just accept it. He says, I knew right then I was getting mad. I said, if I'm getting mad right now, I'm not saved. Saved people don't get feeling like I'm feeling right now. Praise the Lord. You know why? The standard wasn't right. The message wasn't right. It wasn't truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm glad I once, Egypt was once my hope. I was a slave. But look what the Lord has done. I was out there but look at me now. Look where He brought me from. I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. I like what 1 Peter 3.21 says. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience. The thrill I get, brethren, is when somebody repents of their sin. You all have had the same experience. First time. I've repented, Brother Me. I want to live for God. I want, oh, I want my sins. I want my sins forgiven. I want my sins washed away. Let's go to the water. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand them in that water. Upon the confession of your faith. And your willingness to be baptized in the likeness of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I can just say that and feel just chill bumps coming. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And brother, I take them and put them under the water. And when they come out, you know what they feel then? <laughs> they feel something they never felt in all their life. Hallelujah. Oh, the answer of a good conscience. I say the slate's clean. There's nothing remembered. It's forever gone. You are really baptized. Your sins are remitted. Cast into the sea. Somebody say praise the Lord. So through our obedience and baptism is our appeal to God for a good answer to our conscience. So we sing a song sometimes to help us, encourage us. At home we sing a chorus and we get to shout and say, Well, I've already been to the water. <laughs> and I've already been baptized. So the devil tries to say, You ain't worthy. I said, Wait a minute, devil. I've already been to the water. <laughs> Woo, 
you ain't gonna put that back on me now. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I know what I used to be, but hey, that's all under the blood, under the blood, under the blood, under the blood. Devil, I've already been in the water. I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. And I feel, devil, I feel alright, cause I've been changed in Jesus' name. Well, hallelujah, glory to God. I feel like I've got something worth shouting for. I'm right now exercising myself to have a conscious void. Have a fix. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him. Clap your hands and praise Him. You may be seated for a moment. Praise the Lord. And after you're baptized, I tell them to get baptized. And look, they say, oh, hey, oh, I feel sick. Now I can go and know that all my sins have been washed away. Not just put forward for a period of time. They're gone. They're not available. Not on the record. Won't come back next year. Won't need another blood sacrifice. Won't have to get re-baptized in Jesus' name every time I'm... No, no. The, oh, y'all ain't listening! But God has a method to save us, free us, and give us a clear conscience. Praise the Lord, everybody. Don't have to do all that over again. Because I've already been to the water. I've already been baptized. Hallelujah. We sing songs like, Thank God for the blood. Son, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Same thing. Nothing but the blood. <laughs> Woo, somebody says, you know what? I just kind of... No, no. You walk in this place. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You've got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. You get your hands in the air. You get your head up. You get your eyes up. Hallelujah. You get your mind on Jesus. And let's have church. You know why? Because we're going to exercise ourselves. Have a conscience void of offense toward God and man. Get, a, get involved in the conscious struggle. You say you just can't take no more. You're getting ready to change standards. Don't believe I don't know how much more I can take. Wait a minute. You're, not, you're getting ready to change standards. How's that? Because my standard says this. That God will not, will not allow any more to come upon you. There's no temptation taking you that is not common to man. But with every temptation, God will make a way of escape. I, I know He will. That's His standard. Praise the Lord. Don't tell me you can't take it. You can't take it. You've been to the water. You've been baptized. you got the blood. I'm telling you, you got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. you got the right church, right standard, right exercise. You're doing it. You're praising Him. You're loving Him. Keep on doing what you're doing, even when it hurts. It's worth the struggle to walk out of here and say, i got a good conscience. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Timothy. We close with this aspect of this lesson today. Chapter 4. Verse 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron. Oh, Lord. But the battle was your dad, said one time. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, God wants us to have a good conscience. And he said, if you have a guilty conscience, that's salvageable. 
But he said, if you have a seared conscience, there's no hope. The devil wants you to have a guilty conscience. But then he wants you to have a seared conscience. And the Bible describes seared as with a hot iron. Now, I don't know about you. But you might have been too close to the iron sometimes. Somebody wants just to burn into your conscience. It's all right to do wrong. It's all right to disobey. It's all right to rebel. It's all right to do your own thing. You might even be married to a hot iron. I don't know. If you are, you ought to unplug it once in a while. You might be sitting next to a hot iron in church sometimes. Your fellowship circle might be hot iron fellowship. Right, brother. You gotta be careful who you run with. Because what'll happen finally is what used to be right will be wrong because you change your standard. And somebody will burn into your consciousness a violation that you'll think's right when it's wrong. Oh yes, you better listen to me today. You better come back to, you better be sure that your circle. I, I told some young people recently, they, I watch young people, and, and, well, anybody, but. Young people are vulnerable. How they will uh, sometimes migrate to certain young people of their own liking or caliber. But when I see a group of weak young people start congregating together, spiritually weak, and their only little circle is just a, a little group of weak, spiritual, I say, oh, this is dangerous. I like what a preacher friend of mine said years ago, and I quote it often. I've quoted it when I was here last time, I believe. But he said, the reason I need a strong fellowship, the reason I need strong church, the reason I need saints, the reason I need this assembly and strong ministry is so that when I'm wrong, I'm not alone. I can't afford to be alone when I'm wrong. That's why I tell folks, I don't care how you feel, you get to church. You stay out there, you're going to mess up. For the devil, the longer you stay out, the more he's going to work it into your conscience. Until he sears it like a hot iron. Amen. And once you get a seared conscience, there's no hope. Because then you become a reprobate. And you can't reason with a reprobate. You hear me? I don't know where you're positioned. I don't know what you all of us have been in a conscience struggle. But look where we're at today. We're in an exercise place. I heard the song leader tell us, let's, let's give God praise. Let's give God glory. Heard Brother Bullock say, let's have good church. Let's have care. Come on, folks. Let's let God have His way. I'm trying to encourage you today that no matter what you feel or what you think, you're in the right place at the right time. You do not have to leave this house today until your conscience feels like it's been washed all over again and purged by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together right now in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and ask God to help us with our conscience today. Come on, somebody talk to Him. Somebody talk to Him. What's your struggle? Is your business relationship caused you to violate your conscience? Is your fellowship outside the church intruding into your conscience? Are you starting to question the standards that this good church stands for? If you are, you're getting ready to sear your conscience. If you're here with a guilty conscience, you're in the right place. Because you can get it all clear here today. But if you're here with a seared conscience, I can't preach nothing nobody else here can to help you one bit. But if it's just guilty, if it's just a struggle, we're all right. Because that's what it's all about. When we get done today, when I go to an altar, when I kneel down, when I pray, when I say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. God's going to wash me all over 
all over, all over, all over, all over again. Matter of fact, I've had folks once say, Brother Me, would you anoint me with oil and pray for me? They were not sick in their body. It was their conscience bothering them. And they believed the standard I preach. For the Bible says, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray for them. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. And if. <laughs> just in case their conscience is bothering them. Just in case they're having trouble. If they have committed any, any, any. Oh, I can't help it. I, I, I'm, I'm just quoting this down. Any sense. It shall be forgiven them. Don't tell me that can't make you feel good. You don't have to walk out of here and run off and hide. Come on up to the altar. Stand up before the man of God. Say, preacher, anoint me. Pray for me. Saints, pray with me. i got to walk out of here with a conscious voice. Come on, somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, do you feel like you can leave here today with a good conscience? Are you in a struggle? Young people, are you fighting feelings and fears? Are you fighting things that are trying to mess your conscience up? Why don't you go ahead and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Let God put it back together. Mom and dad, how about you? Are you fighting that searing, burning sensation of consciousness that tries to take you away from this standard? Run back to Calvary. Run back to the blood. Run back to an altar. Run back to the house of God. Run back to the man of God. Whatever you do, lift up your hands and say, Preacher, preach. Preach. That's why this camp meeting has such a wonderful atmosphere and reputation because it's a camp meeting where a preacher comes and they can preach. Brother Bullock didn't tell me not to preach some things as the man told Brother Ballesteros where he went one time. He said, Brother, whatever you feel in your heart, preach to us. That's what I'm doing. I felt this on my heart. I'm just preaching to you. Everybody in this building don't have to have, oh yes, you can leave here today with a conscience void of offense toward God. If you feel that's good, lift your hands and tell God, I thank you, Lord, that I can get my conscience clean and clear. Come on, tell the Lord right now. I turn this service back over to your good pastor, Elder Bullock. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Come on, ask God to keep your conscience clean and clear. In the name of Jesus.